Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It is me, Becky, and with me tonight is Leah. Hello, Miss Leah. Hi. So we also have a special guest host for this episode. Um, our Patreon member, Carolina, is here to join us. You can find her as Curl Up With A Book on Instagram, right? Curl Up With Did Books. Curl Up With Books. I'm going to get it wrong, but I will make sure it's linked correctly <laughs> in the show notes. Um, words are hard for me. We all know that. Um, welcome back to the podcast, Carolina. We're so happy to have you. It's good to be back. <laughs> um, so on this episode, we are keeping with our celebration of Indie Author Month. Um, and we're bringing it into the spotlight tonight, today, um, author Harlow James. So welcome to the podcast, Harlow. We are so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> this is exciting. This is just exciting in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. For us too, like Carolina was like, you have to get Harlow James on the podcast. And I'm like, I know, yep. I know. She's like, Becky, come on. And so it worked no, out. As soon as, we were... you sh- as soon as I saw the link, I was like, sign up, sign up, click, click, click. <laughs> like, wanna, and then Carolina on. was like, and I have to be on it with you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Carolina's like dibs. Dibs, dibs, dibs. And we're like, yes. If you need an extra co-host, sign me we, up. We're, we're there for you, sister. We got this. Yes. Um, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Carolina, tell us a little bit about Harlow. Harlow James is a wife and mom who fell in love with romance novels, so she decided to write her own. Her books are the perfect blend of heartwarming, addictive, and steamy romance. If you love stories with a, gu- a guaranteed happily ever after, then Harlow is your new best friend. When she's not writing, she can be found working her day job, reading every romance novel she can find time for, laughing with her husband and kids, watching reruns of Friends, and spending time cooking for her friends and family while drinking White Claws and margaritas. So White Claws and margaritas. I mean, you know, the claw. No, I I got sucked into that that trend when those came out because I'm not a big drinker. Um, and I, the only hard alcohol I will touch is tequila. So I drink margaritas all the time. Um, but those were like refreshing and light, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, it was just, okay, what's the newest flavor now? Oh, and now I got to try this one, you know, and then, (laughs) and then everybody was coming out with seltzers. So I've probably tried about every single one that's out there. And those are the ones that I like the most. So yeah, those are Leah drinks the Trulies, don't you? I do, yeah. I like the Trulies, and like the Trulies like the came out names. with an iced tea that I have to try now. Okay, the iced teas are good. The iced teas are were they? good, yes, but they were a little too like you could get that stevia like aftertaste in them. Mm. The lemonades are really good. Those I like the lemonades good, a lot, but yeah. I don't like the regulars. So, yeah, just depends. I don't drink any of them. Just give me the vodka or the bourbon. I'm a happy girl. <laughs> oh, vodka and I parted ways when I was about twenty. <laughs> We were done then. <laughs> um, we had drunk book club last night. That was night. me with tequila. We took a I long, too much. a long break. Yeah. See, now I love me some tequila. <laughs> I do it now. Has, yeah. Hasn't turned on me yet. So we'll keep, I try to keep it that way. <laughs> Smart. So well, Harlow, let's get to know you a little bit better. Um, first question we like to ask, are you a reader of romance? Absolutely. Um, I don't have as much time to read anymore now that I write. So I try to be really selective about books that I, you know, try to read. Um, And I have auto click, you know, one click authors that no matter what, I will read their books. Um, But yes, I'm a huge reader. That's what got me into writing in the first place. I fell in love with the genre. And then all of a sudden, like my own ideas just kind of swirled around in my head. And I was like, I could do this. Like I could write a book, you know, and it's a lot harder than people think it is. Like it really is. Um, And not even so much the writing piece, but just then like marketing it, you know, and like Mm -hmm. getting people to see it and everything. But um, it became like this hobby for me, which I never had. I never had a hobby, you know, and I think a lot of moms can relate. Like we don't really have a lot of the things that are just for us. And so my reading Mm -hmm. became that for me. And then my writing became that for me. And all of a sudden I had this like sense of joy that was brought from all of this that I'd never had in my life anymore. And now it's like a piece of me, you know, so big reader and now a writer and I love it and I don't ever want to stop. That's so awesome. I can relate to that as a mom with the reading. That's like, Mm -hmm. you know, 
That's your time. That's your yes. state. That's my me time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Seven o'clock. I sit in bed. And if I'm not writing, because I'll either write or I'll read, but I'll sit in bed and I pop open, you know, my Kindle, turn it on. And that's my time to down to just like relax, you know, and forget about all the things I have to do and what's going on tomorrow. And, you know, you just zone yeah. out and yeah, mm-hmm. you need that. You need that. Absolutely. What were you going to ask Leah? So what was your last five-star read? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I recently went on vacation with my husband and we had a lot of flying that we had to do. So Jody Ellen Malpas <laughs> released the brick. Okay. Like just like it was just random, like, Hey, I released a book and I haven't read her in a really long time. I read her this man series and fell in love with it. But, um, so I downloaded that and I was like, okay, like I'll try this on the plane. I had a whole bunch of stuff ready to go. I was consumed, like consumed six hour flight, could not put it down. And then I'm on the plane, bawling my eyes out, wiping my snot on my sweater. Like at the end of the book, my husband, and, he, and this is the funny part is because he was looking at my Kindle while I was reading. And it was like, you know, on a sex scene. Right. And he's like, you're reading this right now. Like, he, how are you reading this right now around all these people? And I'm like, I'm a pro now. Like, this is what I do, you know, I got but this. it was amazing. It was so good. So, so good. Um, and it's been a really long, time since I was just like consumed in a story like that so definitely recommend but yeah I don't think I've one. ever read her Carolina uh, mark this down as a yeah. one time only for me like <laughs> I, know, um, right? I don't, I don't no. know that I've read her she the this man series was what when I discovered her and that series is just uh, epic too like one of those um still resonates with me like the fourth book in that series just broke me like I will never forget that story um but I haven't read all of her stuff just like that series and a couple of her standalones but like I said I she released this book and I was like you know what I could let's see you know it's been a while and oh it was amazing no regrets great Mm. I'm gonna have to throw that on the TBR list (laughs) I know seriously (laughs) (laughs) um do you have a favorite romantic trope I love an enemies to lovers. I love the banter. I live for the banter. Um, and and it, because it's full of sarcasm and that's just who I am as a natural person. So I feel like it's easier for me to write too. Um, so definitely an enemies to lovers. And what's another one that I just like can't. I do like a fake relationship trope. And when I just wrote one, which I had never done before, and that was a lot of fun. So it was a very good fake relationship trope. Like, thank you. <laughs> it did the fake relationship really well. And it had that. It was, it's both. It's enemies to lovers and. Yeah, fake. it was both together. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a lot all wrapped up into one. But <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't read like a lot. You know, sometimes we get a book from an author where they've thrown like I'm going to throw this at it and then I'm throwing Mm -hmm. this at it. And you get to the point where you're like, okay, what trope did you leave out sister? Um, this didn't, you know, we did, you know, it is fake relationship. It is little sister or, uh, brother's best friend. Mm -hmm. It is the enemies to lovers, but it doesn't feel, um, congested or clouded. Like you get appreciate that (laughs) each one and it's well done. Um, and the banter in that book is yes. really fantastic i had a um, lot of fun writing them <laughs> <laughs> a waverly lot of fun. is like one of my favorites like i just adored her oh, i really thank loved you. her i i did too um she gave me trouble but once i figured out her story and she i loved her too i loved writing her it was fun well and one of the things that i do love about your books is your female characters have a lot of depth to them they're not one dimensional. It's not, you know, even in, um, my unexpected serenity, it's not, she didn't need rescued from Mm -hmm. Wes and she wasn't necessarily rescuing Wes either. Mm -hmm. It was, she has these dimensions about her. There's more to her than just, um, this one, thing this one moment she didn't need him to save her and be the rich billionaire to give her everything you know she was fine with doing hard work and getting where she wanted to go so i think that there is 
a grit to your female characters that I really connect with. Um, that means a lot. Sorry to cut you off, Carolina, but I strive to write a strong female heroine because that is who I am. And that's how I was raised. And I come from a line of them, you know? And so I, I can read a weaker female heroine in another book and be fine with it. If the story's right and everything comes together, but writing one, I don't know that I can do it. <laughs> it's just because I can't relate and resonate with that, you know? So, um, but I appreciate that because that is something that I do strive to do. I, I want my female characters to be strong and multifaceted and and not necessarily that they're not weak, but they have their flaws and their insecurities like every mm-hmm. single woman does, you know, because you can be a strong woman and still have flaws and still have insecurities and still have past, you know, things that affect you, but you can still be that woman who doesn't take crap, you know, and so that's what I, I try to write that. And I, I feel like you do as a reader, I mean, thinking about back to like Guilty as Charged, Mackenzie's Turn to Fall, you know, both of these books in the uh, Billionaire series, all of the women have a strength, have a determination, but they also have insecurities, like every person and every woman does. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're fighting through that. Um, so it makes them all relatable, but they're also individual mm-hmm. as well. Like it's not the same female character. They all have different strengths and different insecurities yeah well there's like a realness and authentic to it and um and i think that a weaker female hero i don't mind a rescue romance every once in a while um you know i sometimes get mad at authors when they write a heroine that is struggling and if she would just kind of let herself accept the help um that things would be better um for them and a little bit in the struggle with uh my unexpected serenity for me and it's the heroine was shayla right yes okay yeah so i'm just making sure that i wrote this down right because <laughs> we all know i'm not good with names <laughs> um shayla like i had moments of like where she pushes back when Wes does something nice for her or she puts Wes in the box and says, you can't spend money on me. And she's kind of slightly resentful of the money because of her past. Sometimes when authors write those types of scenarios, there are moments where you're just like, just freaking say, yes, he wants to care for you. Like Mm -hmm. that's his love language. Mm -hmm. His love language is different than your love language. Um, And sometimes it just feels like the author writes it and it isn't organic. It isn't authentic. It's just to create angst or conflict or whatever. You didn't do that with Shayla. Like her pushing back made sense in the natural progression of her character development. Like it was on par. It felt authentic. It felt natural. You still as a reader are kind of like, sister, just take the damn dress. Yes. <laughs> get your hair done. I yeah. want to get my hair done. Um, so... I'm glad I'm glad that you feel that way, though, because I felt that way while I was writing her, you know, but I when the idea popped into my head, I knew that she was going to fight him. She was going to fight him on everything until she couldn't fight anymore. And she had to just kind of give in, you know, so I knew I was like, and I told my friend who helps me pull out all my books and said, people are going to love Shayla or they're going to hate her, (laughs) you know, and that's just it. But um but it was part of her, you know, her character arc. I mean, she needed to get past those, those demons of hers. So well, yeah. I think with her too, like she was had a hard time, like showing any weakness. Like she needed to be this strong, confident, like independent person. And like showing any weakness was like a character flaw for her. Like yes. personally, like she did not want people to see like that she is not capable of doing everything on her own 100%. Yes. Yeah, and she's liked- one of the only female characters I've written like that. So that was mm-hmm. it was um I think I went like really hard with it, you know, like this is who she is and she's going to fight this the entire time. Yeah. I but I also liked how there was an element of her setting boundaries and but in her communicating mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like her running at certain points she you know, she runs away a little bit, but she was also challenging Wes and saying, no, if you want to do this, it's on my terms. 
and this is is what it is. So there's a strength in that as well to say, this is what I need and what I can do right now Mm -hmm. that there's vulnerability in that, but there's also strength in that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Harlow, is there a trope you will likely never write? Like, is there one you're like, I'm not touching that? (sighs) Um, I don't want to say never because you just never know. Like I never thought I'd write a billionaire romance. Like when I was writing Emerson Falls, I was like, this is my niche, you know, my niche niche. How do you say that? I don't even know. Um, small town (laughs) romance is like, I was like, this is where I feel at home, you know? Um, but then I just decided to write a billionaire. So I don't want to say never, but mafia is not really my jam as a reader. And so I don't think I could ever write it, but I don't know. You never know. I might get hooked on some story and then it, you know, spiral down this whole thing and before I know it, I'm writing one. So just listen, guys, she left herself open to write a verse harem. So Heather, if you're listening, (laughs) maybe she didn't say no. She didn't say no to mafia either. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know, you know, things spark and it's fun too. Like I said, now that I write, you know, like the things will pop up in my head and I have a notebook. So remember Ken- Mackenzie's turn to fall yeah. where she talks about, she has notebooks everywhere. Like that is legitimately my life. Like I have notes and, and like little notepads in my purse and stuff where I will jot down ideas as they come to me. Um, so you never know. It's okay. We know, I know an author that just wrote, a book that she released a couple weeks ago. She wrote it completely on her phone in her iPad. Mm-hmm. I um her notes. Her iNotes. She wrote yeah. it in her notes and she kept sharing screenshots of her notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> she would she would get ideas and just like type a chapter and be like, all mm-hmm. right. And then she just kept going. Yep. It's like okay, I guess, you know, that might be a formatter's hell, but you know, hey, 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 just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So, so for your writing process, mm-hmm. are you a pantser or are you a planner? Or do you not have a process at all and just kind of wing it? Because everybody seems to have a their own thing. Yeah, um, I'm definitely, I'd probably say about 80% planner. Um, I have to plot out a book and I have to know where I'm going, particularly if it's a series. Um, Mackenzie's Turn to Fall was probably the most pantser book I ever wrote because I kind of just let that one take me where it went because I knew what the premise was but I was just kind of like okay let's just see like what they say to me and you know where this goes and um but you know like with the billionaire series I have the entire outline in my word document and then I just keep going and I just chunk it together so Mm -hmm. but things will happen or pop up as I'm writing it that will change things so I will always adjust as I go but I have to have a plan I've got to have a plan I need to know details I need to know character arcs I need to know you know like what the ending looks like because then I can fill in the the middle you know but if I don't know what the end is going to look like so like the end of my unexpected vow I knew what the end of that book was going to look like that last scene where they come together Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. and resolve the conflict that was in my head before I ever plotted the book I knew that was how it's going to end um but it just it just depends you know but mostly mostly a planner I gotta have some plan I was gonna say I think you'd have to be a planner because you do this thing in your stories with your characters that there's one theme or one item or one personality trait or something that's weaved throughout the entire story. And it was actually Carolina that brought it to my attention that I didn't really put it together until after she said it to me. Um, because for Hayes, it was the piano, um, and the house for Wes. And so I think you have to be a planner to be able to pull that off. Yeah. Um, Yes and no. So I love that like Carolina and I had a discussion after she read my unexpected vow. We, we video chatted on Instagram <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay, let's talk about it because I want to see if you picked up on this, 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 this. And she did, she picked up on, on a lot of stuff. I love that. That's one of my favorite things to do in a book is, is those little tiny details or those items or whatever that come back 
full circle mm-hmm. and have a meaning to them. Because as a reader, I love that stuff. You re- you watch a rom-com, you know, movie, and there's always some line, right? You know, or some thing that happens that comes back toward the end. And I live for that moment. So as a writer, yes, I have to plan that. But sometimes it doesn't always come to me right away. So sometimes it'll be in the middle of the book where I'm like, that's it. Like the superhero thing with my unexpected serenity that came in the middle of the book when I realized. And I think my unexpected vow is a perfect example of that because there were so many little breadcrumbs. And I remember reading it for the first time. I'm going, oh, this is going to be good with the piano. And not only like, did you tie it in later, like a one time, but it was multiple times. So it really was that full circle moment. Um, and even with some of the, the lines, um, like, um, Hayes bite me, you know, bite mm-hmm. me, Hayes. like that, that came around a number of times too. So that I think in that book, um, specifically you have just so many beautiful moments like that because there's nothing as a reader or a watcher of a movie or tv show where the author director whomever gives you a little nugget and doesn't fulfill it later on or Mm -hmm. fulfills it just a portion of it I I want the details and scenes and things like that to be purposeful you know what I mean like not just included just for the heck of it but that there's a meaning behind it, you know, like there, this is part, this is not only a physical item or, you know, like a phrase that they use, but it has to kind of be deeper than that in their story, you know, and it's connected to the characters and, you know, what they're going through and stuff. So yeah. And, and my unexpected vowel had a lot and that was, <laughs> it was hard for me. I, it was a challenge at one point to keep everything <laughs> like together. And I'm like, okay, did I pull this back in yet? Did I forget about this? Like, <laughs> I had like a list going at one point. Okay, I got that, got that, got that. Because <laughs> I had fair. to make sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what? So I'm going to ask you what kind of hero you like to write. And part of that is, is so I read both Unexpected Serenity and My Unexpected Vow. And both heroes are so new, unique and so different from each other. Um, I would say Wes is totally the damaged hero, doesn't feel worthy of love because of past choices. Um, and he was a lot of internal struggle. Hayes is the playboy. I I almost can feel like Hayes is a little bit of a cinnamon roll hero too. You know, he's got a little bit of a tough outside, but a squishy soul inside. Um, but he's got a lot of uncertainty, doesn't want to fully commit to something um, in the beginning. But then once he makes the decision to go in for that fake relationship, he's all in. Like mm-hmm. doesn't second guess his choices but they're two very unique and different styles of hero. Um, so do you have a favorite that you like to write? Um, I don't know. I don't know that I would say a favorite because the characters just kind of come to me and I let them kind of dictate who they are, you know, and it depends on the story too. Sometimes I'll write a hero based off an idea that I have for a character and that's where the the character comes from you know is because I wanted and so with Wes's story I wanted him to have this like damaged past you know and um and so that's kind of where his character came from was because of that that idea I I love writing them all but I, I would say probably Hayes, I would lean more towards a Hayes type character where they are cocky and kind of arrogant and seem so sure of themselves, you know, but really when the right woman comes along, they jump all in head first. Um, Cash from Captivated was my first hero that I wrote like that. And he, I loved him. I loved, I resonated with him. He was easy to write. He jumped off the page and that's how Hayes was. So I didn't know that there was going to be two other books in this series, but as I was writing my unexpected serenity, Hayes just jumped off the page. All of a sudden it was this voice in my head that just kind of came out. And then when I started to kind of just toying around with him and writing him, it was neat to see how he developed in my mind. And even his book was a surprise to me when I started writing it, you know, I just, I, but I love, I love when they fall and they fall hard. And I enjoy writing that because I think that is so swoony, you know, for a man just to be completely committed to a woman and adore her. 
and yeah. he does he, he adores waverly you know so i just love like how much of a mama's boy he was too mm-hmm. like you don't ex- <laughs> like when you meet him in the first book and like he's just ridiculous and like what he says and how he acts and like <laughs> but then like he's such a mama's boy yes i he loved is. his relationship with his parents um and i thought that that was important because waverly didn't have that and so I wanted that mm-hmm. to be a counterbalance between them, you know, like he has this wonderful example of a marriage and she never had that, you know, but he can't even really navigate things because he's always just ignored that part of his life and not, you know, thought about relationships and stuff. So, um, and then at the end when his parents kind of tell, you know, him, well, I won't give it away, but that moment he has with his parents, you know, at the end. Uh-huh. And I, yeah. I thought that that was really meaningful, you know, for them to be like, look, this is how it works, you know? Yeah. Well, and one thing I like too, is like, they're so in tune with him and like, they understand like how he feels and like, and it, they, it just showed like how good of a relationship they have because like he shows up and like, they're like, okay, if this mm-hmm. is what you're telling us, then okay. But you, mm-hmm. he's like, they believe me, but uh-huh. they don't believe him at all. No. <laughs> They know well, him. They know the what's opening, going on. The opening when his dad tells him I'm dying. Like I knew that was the opening line of the book. <laughs> like automatically I was like, okay, this is how this is going to start. <laughs> and then you get yeah, that, that was... dynamic right away of that relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I thought it gave such a good um, introduction to him as a character and a little bit more of his backstory because you only got, like you said, so much of him in the first book and the parts that you got of him were very out there and like, who the hell is this guy? And like, what is he saying? You know? (laughs) Yes. No. Yeah. I, I, I love this new book. Like I am very proud of it and it was a joy to write and it was a lot of fun. And I think part of it was because of the characters. Like I just fell in love with them you know so yeah so you do something that's a little unique in this book um and i have to say that for me my background yes i work in publishing and read a lot of romance um but i actually used to do a ton of theater and stuff so as i say this it was very apparent to me in these different moments so i when i say this i can give a little background as to what i'm talking about but so in my unexpected vow you break the fourth wall your characters speak to the readers to the audience within the book that is very unique and not many authors do that because it it falls out of sync of the storyline sometimes readers push back on it um you know in movies when it's usually only saved for comedies um Mm -hmm. in movies when you do that um so in in theater and television, the fourth wall is when characters step outside of the scene and realize that they're going to give narration to the audience that's viewing the theme. It happens in theater, happens in movies and television. So you break the fourth wall. <laughs> Speaking to readers. Yep. <laughs> Were you a little nervous about doing that? Um, in all honesty, I didn't realize that I did it until you just said it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, okay. Oh crap. Yeah, they did. (laughs) (laughs) But that was just how like the, the words came to me. And you know, what's funny is now that you say that, so I'm writing the third book in the series right now, I'm probably about 6,000 words into it. And I think I've already done that two times because (laughs) Chloe is going to have a lot to say. And so she is going to break that fourth wall. She has to, (laughs) um, (laughs) But I think it's a... So that was a happy accident. (laughs) Yes. Well, but it's for that comedic relief, in all honesty. Like, um, and this series is probably my closest thing, I would say, to a rom-com that I've written. I have laugh-out-loud moments in all of my books, but these characters were just naturally funny to me, you know? Like, just how they spoke to me and things that happened and stuff. So that, to me, it was that comedic relief, you know, or that just, like, internal dialogue where you could just sit there and, and kind of be like, yeah, you know, like, what's going on here? Like you said, where the character would, like, address the audience or the camera or whatever. That's exactly how it looks and feels in my mind, but I didn't realize that I did it until you just said it. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, put you on the spot. No, that's okay. I mean, as long as, you know, you're not saying that, like, it was a horrible choice, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it worked 
it worked. <laughs> it really worked in this story. It doesn't always work. And sometimes yeah. it's one of those things that when done well, it adds to the feel of the story. It adds to the movement of the storyline. If it's just done to say, oh, look, look what I did. Mm-hmm. Some, If it's planned to be like that and it doesn't have a natural organic feel to it, then it comes off kind of like cheap and not as good. And, and honestly, you see it so much more in theater and movies and television. It is rarely put in books. So it it, it actually can be kind of a risk. And it's funny that your yeah. like editor wasn't <laughs> like, um, friend, <laughs> not all audiences love this. So nope. it just felt natural. It was just the way it came out, you know, so I don't, nobody balked at it. So <laughs> I guess it was okay. And then there's me like bringing like the big giant spotlight. Right? <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's all right. Now everybody's going to be looking for it. Like, where, what is she, where does she do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I was trying to talk to somebody about it. I was like, oh yeah, she broke the fourth wall. And they're like, huh? I'm like, Deadpool moments. These are Deadpool moments in the yes, book where, a, you know, Deadpool description. <laughs> talks to the audience. Because that's a movie that everyone has seen. Yes that everyone you know can understand what the fourth wall is so but yeah yeah no Chloe, sure Chloe's a... already done it at least twice I know that <laughs> so funny <laughs> um so after reading Mackenzie's turn to fall and my unexpected vow I as a reader I felt like there were very clear moments and it, maybe I don't know what they were specifically at the time, but I felt like that they were very personal to you. Um, yes. And not just like they were part, they're part of who you are or part of your everyday life. Can you share what some of those would be? Absolutely. Um, so just like, you know, we would discuss earlier that I like to put these little things in my books that kind of come full circle, you know, I always try to drop little elements of myself or my everyday life in my books because you write what you know you know like when it comes down to it um like when I wrote Tangled about two teachers there was somebody who read the book and they were like you can tell that a teacher wrote this book because of all of the details and descriptions and things that were incorporated in it and I was like yep that's my life right there (laughs) you know so um (laughs) Mackenzie's turn to fall like I said earlier you know when she was like jotting she had notebooks everywhere that's totally me that's an element of me um that book was fun to write because it was kind of like a a um personal like I don't even know how you would describe it what it's like to be a romance author I incorporated a lot of that in that book, you know, um, her like going and grabbing the bag of broccoli, like microwave, you know, broccoli. And she's like, you might as well just throw four bucks on the garbage because you know, you're not going to eat this before it like it goes bad, you know, like that's like stuff that happens in my everyday life, you know, where I'm like, oh crap, we didn't use this. Um, (sighs) Dylan has an obsession with peanut butter and my husband has an obsession with peanut butter We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) 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 And the Kit Kat thing, that was like a huge, you guys have, you know, seen that around Instagram. I incorporated a, you know, do you break or chomp your Kit Kat apart thing in Revived, which is in my other series. And so I brought it back in Mackenzie's Turn to Fall because it was such a huge like thing that was going on between a bunch of books. Oh, there was it was some heated yes. People have very strong strong feelings about about it. Yes. Well and the whole reason why I put that in that book was I was like I need something that like his wife would have done, you know, because he's a widower and he loses Mm -hmm. his wife. And I was like something that she would have done and like been felt very strongly about that this new heroine now does and it's the same thing and so we were like me and my friend were talking and the Kit Kat thing just popped up and I was like this is perfect but it did it sparked this like whole war (laughs) um and then in my unexpected vow there are so many elements of that book that are from my own marriage so the pin caps and the open (laughs) cupboards Okay, are me and my husband. 
So my best friend married us when we got married, he got ordained and performed our ceremony and he was a theater guy. So he just naturally like, um, outgoing personality, you know, and comedic like type of just the way he talks and, you know, he loves the spotlight. So he took it upon himself. We let him do free reign to do the ceremony and make us say like whatever he wanted to say. And he asked me and my husband both, like, what is something that he or she does that drives you absolutely insane? And so when we said our wedding vows, I had to promise my husband to put all the caps back on my pens and he had to promise to close all of the kitchen <laughs> cupboards. And, and um, of course we don't do that. So, it, but when I was writing the book, I was like, there's gotta be something that like each one of them does that like drives the other one nuts, you know? And my friend who helps me plot on my book she goes just use your pins and cupboards thing it's hilarious and I was like okay there you go and so that's why it was part of their vows at the end and that is a real life thing from my marriage so so there's tons of other stuff I live with a cupboard opener yes oh my god it's so I live with my daughter does it and I'm like look at what you've done (laughs) look at what you're doing to your children (laughs) I walked into our kitchen the other day and I ran right into the door and I was like that it's going to leave a mark. Yes. Uh, bruises. And like, I've come like bent down and came up and hit my head on uh-huh. open cupboards and stuff, you know? And then he's all flipping out about pin caps. And I'm like, my pin cap thing is not <laughs> like a danger to you. Okay. And your livelihood. I am over here, like about to knock myself out with a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> my whole life is picking up dirty socks, towels, yep. and closing yep. cupboards. Yep. That's my whole life. And, you know, and there's tons of things and, and, and that I think is a relatable thing, you know, that somebody sure. can, like in marriage, like even uh-huh. her hair, you know, how her hair was everywhere and it like, it <laughs> freaked him out. everywhere. Yes, it does. <laughs> and my husband's the same thing, you know, so there was, I wanted it to be relatable, but I also wanted it to do, wanted it to be something that was kind of like off the wall, you know? And so like, that's the pin cap thing. I don't understand why he has such a problem with it. You know, <laughs> like why does it bug you I will that's how you the tip dries out and I said yes but then it's readily available for me to write so when I need to write something down all I have to do is pick up the pen and write it down I think Hayes's reaction to <laughs> Waverly's hair that first time yes. though, <laughs> I laughed so hard because I like I could just imagine like this grown man yes. flipping out because there was a spider but not a spider (laughs) yes so my husband is afraid of spiders he could i kill all the spiders in our household um and (laughs) but i hate crickets so he kills all the crickets so we're even on that it's a give and take yes but he that was where that stemmed from you know it's like i love this idea of him being afraid of spiders and then like and you guys can all relate you have a piece of hair on your arm and you can feel Mm -hmm. it right and it's tickling and you're like oh my god something's crawling on me you know and so i just thought that was just so perfect especially after wes tells her you know mess with them a little bit like i know he's afraid of spiders you know (laughs) and then and then this happened she doesn't even have to do it yep i was dying (laughs) while i was writing it like i was like this is hilarious (laughs) (laughs) so um what inspired you to become an author so part of what we're celebrating this month is our indie authors and um so what inspired you to become an author and push that published button and oh well, I mean, I talked about it a little bit earlier, you know, I started off reading and, and, um, and then ideas just kind of started forming in my head, you know, but um, I found romance novels in a really tough time of my life. I'd lost my grandma. I was very, very close to her. Um, and so I needed a distraction. And so I started reading again, and I hadn't read in a really long time. So I picked up the Driven series by Christy Bromberg. Um, and just devoured it. And then I just kind of got like sucked into, you know, the whole thing. And then, like I said, once my ideas started coming out in my own head and I was jotting things down, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to write a book. Like, even if I never do anything about it, it's always been something that I've wanted to do just to say that you could, you know, like a bucket list item. And I wrote my first book and it was garbage. Like it was just horrible. Like I look back at it now and I'm like, oh my God, like this is very bad. But it was a stepping stone and I researched self-publishing, you know, and I was like, well, I can either try to get 
um, you know, picked up by an agent or I can do this myself. And I kind of looked at what Christy had done, you know, and I was like, wow, okay, here we go. Even if nobody reads it, I can publish a book. And so I did. And then I've learned a lot since then. And now, like I said, it's my hobby and, um, you know, I do it for fun and I get to do stuff like this, you know, and talk with other readers. And I love connecting with my readers because for me, it's not my day job, right? You know, like it's, it's something that is very fulfilling for me. So I love being able to talk about my stories with other people and, and now it's just fun and I get to just play and, you know, what am I going to write next? You know, what are we going to do now? And I love it. Seems to be a little lower pressure when you're in it just to share stories and not necessarily trying you know, of course you want your book to do well and you want people to read it and you know, Hey, I'm sure you wouldn't turn down a orange ribbon on Amazon. Um, but there, it does seem to be, and I think that's, I think that as a reader, you feel that in your stories too. There is an ease to your storytelling. You're not, you drag me into your stories, but you're not like, I don't feel like I'm trying to be upsold, like, you know, So there is um, an ease to the stories. And I think that comes because you don't put the pressure on yourself, you know, to be writing the number one bestseller all the time, just putting out a good story. Yeah. Thank you. I do. I want to put out a book that I would want to read, you know, like that's what I try to think about too. Like, would I read this? You know, would I be interested in this story? Would I want to know what's going to happen right now? Or would I want to be dragged in a little bit further? You know, like even with like Wes's story, there were so many nuggets that I dropped before you actually got his, his story, like at the end, you know, and me as a reader, I'm like, okay, would I pick up on that? Would I pick it up on that? You know? And so it's fun. It's, it's fun. And yes, it does alleviate the pressure. Like you said, I, of course I want people to read my books, but I, I think I enjoy just the, the simple joy of it right now, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I do have to ask the, the cheese basket. Was that reality or did you come up with that? (laughs) So I was writing the book and I saw this meme and it was like, whoever's making commercials about cheese, you can stop. People are buying cheese and they will continue to buy cheese. Like, and it was, (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious because I, I love cheese. Absolutely love cheese. And so I had literally saw that meme on my social media feed. And then I was like sitting there and I was writing and it was the scene where she's in the coffee shop and he comes in and he orders and she just kind of starts rambling. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of that scene in She's the Man. Have you seen that movie with Channing Tatum yes. and Amanda Bynes? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And where she starts like, I, well, I like Gouda, you know? And so <laughs> it just kind of like formed from there, but I loved it because it was so just odd, you know? And so it was just kind of a combination of all of those things that just kind of came together in that moment. And then and now it's like the tagline for that book, you know, like he sends her a basket of cheese. And I, and I, I love, love a basket of cheese, right? I would be tickled pink. Like that's better than flowers in my opinion, you know? Well, I, I don't like flowers. <laughs> like I, I've been with my husband for like 14 years and he has never bought me flowers because I, I don't want them, but yeah. he should buy me baskets of cheese. Yes. Although it's better I have, than chocolate too. I have a bone mm. to pick with you. Okay. <laughs> After I read every book, I have like a super ridiculous craving for whatever dish you're featuring in your book whether it be chicken the chicken parm, parm uh-huh. or a cheese or a pumpkin crunch cake mm-hmm. so like are you are you food it- motivated i love food i love food okay like i'm not even gonna lie um i work out to eat okay like there's no you know no exceptions to that. Um, when I was doing, when I was writing Emerson Falls, there was like a, something I included in Tangled. And this is like, it's been so long since I've written the book. I can't even remember. But then care, like readers started picking up on it, that there was like food elements in all of my stories. And I didn't even realize that I was doing it, but then it became like a game, like, okay, so what are they going to eat in this book? You know, and what is it going to be? And when I was writing Captivated, I was eating Cheez-Its all the time. So Cash had an obsession with Cheez-Its and then Piper had an obsession with ketchup because I love ketchup. And so it was just kind of like, so now in every book, I had, there has to be a food element to it, 
you know, and it, it kind of just stems on whatever I'm eating at that point or like something that I, you know, really enjoy or whatever it is. Saw a but, meme about. Yes, or find a meme about or, but yes, there is a food element in all of my books and there is always a friend's reference in all of my books because I'm obsessed with the show. So it has to be brought in at one point or another. Well, and you know, like Wes and Shayla and they're like bonding over coffee. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, these are my people. These yes, are my people. Coffee and, cheese. coffee and cheese. Yep. They counterbalance you in life. <laughs> yes. Make everything work together. That's yep, all I'm saying. I agree. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So what's next? Whose story are we getting next? And when are we getting next? Well, I mean, you don't have to give us a deadline. Like it'll drop on this date at this time. T- <laughs> tentative. Possibly this month. Okay, so um, people are going to know at the end of book three, and some people have have already kind of attested to this. So in the series, I introduced all of the characters in the very first book, and I didn't do that in my last series. So you have six characters, Wes and Shayla, Hayes and Waverly, and Chloe and Silas. So Chloe and Silas are book three. And if you read the end of book three, you know what their story is going to be about. Uh their trope yep okay um so like i said i've started writing it my tentative release date right now is july 12th but if i finish it before then i'm gonna bump it up into june so i put that deadline on myself because i wasn't quite sure like with my job how much time i would have to write in the next couple months because the end of the school year is very stressful and then with the whole covid situation and everything you know Mm -hmm. i didn't want to put pressure on myself And I wrote seven books last year and I published six and I burnt myself out a little bit. So I promised myself this year that I would take my time and kind of space them out a little bit more and just enjoy the process a little bit more, you know? Yeah. So like I said, depending on how fast I write it, I might bump it up, but they are the last book and that will be it. I don't plan on extending the series beyond that. Um, Well, okay. But But to be honest, and I know that, you know, she would be an older (laughs) character, (laughs) <laughs> but um Wes is his half brother his mom I kind of want her to have a book I'm really sorry to tell you this but I'm thinking <laughs> there needs to be four books well she was so introduced in the first book or a novella for her yeah yeah um she deserves a happily ever after she's got a lot going on I know well okay so I will tell you this, this is your exclusive, okay, (laughs) drop of information here, but um, my plan after this series is over is I'm going to do like a single parents series. So all of the characters or stories will have a single parent in them. And totally my jam. Yes. (laughs) And they're going to be varying, you know, different tropes, different situations, younger children, older children, all these different, you know, like I have probably about four or five books. But you could launch it with her. I could, but I don't know that I want it set in California. Listen, all (laughs) I am telling you, Harlow, is I'm gonna need this story. Like, and I don't need it right away. Like, I mean, if you want to write your single parent books, like one or two of them, and then come back to her, yeah, that is fine. (laughs) That is okay. But I'm not letting this go. I really feel like feel her though. Like, I don't feel like a book for her. And I I can't, so there's a character in, there's a character in Emerson Falls that people wanted a book for, and I didn't feel a story for her. Like, I just didn't. And then part of me has an idea in the back of my head, maybe I'll write it one day. But I I can't, I don't know. It's just not You have to just be up for disappointment, Becky. I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) She can't write at all. (laughs) Okay. There's so many ideas, I can't write it. I'm not letting this go, though. So, like, in six months, I'm going to be like, hey, how's that story I want? Um, I have another idea for you for this character (laughs) I know right I mean I totally can play this story out for you like I can help you plot this one out like I see it and her struggles and it could fall into the billionaire trope too and okay I think she would be maybe if you have an idea and it resonates with me and and maybe I will I just think that she's one of those that like a hand up and not quite a rescue romance because she obviously has been doing a lot on her own, but right. a hand up, you know, mm-hmm. and just, you know, I don't know. I do love a single parent, <laughs> though. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll I read had, all those. 
yeah no i have a lot of ideas so i also happen to love a secret baby so (laughs) and that's no secret (laughs) that is not a secret it is my jam (laughs) it's like every time we ask an author like what trope will you never write and then every once in a while we get an author be like yeah i don't think i could do secret baby and i'm over here going really (laughs) it's the best trope i love a surprise baby and oh, yeah. I will, I, and I, well, and obviously we know what's coming. Um, and I love a, a secret baby is, is done, is good when it's done well. Yes. But it has to be done well. Yeah. It mm-hmm. has to be done well. So I just read, uh, TL Swan, her doc, Dr. Stanton yes. um, books was a secret baby. And I did not see it coming like while I was reading and then all of a sudden it was like boom bomb drops and I was like <gasps> it was like one of those moments where you just like gasp out loud while you're reading you know and I was like yes because I love when I can I'm surprised I love when yeah. I'm surprised when I'm reading she yeah. you know T.L. Swan her name's come up a lot a lot recently but she likes to do that in her books she mm-hmm. likes to like have this moment of shock and awe almost mm-hmm. like what but, yeah. you know, sometimes that's great. And other times I like a story that when I sit down, yeah. it's okay to see how it's going to go. Like, I'm okay yeah. with that too. So anyway. not in the same way, Tangled had a moment like that. My Unexpected Serenity had a moment like that. But then it's not every book. Every book doesn't need to be like that, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, thank this you. so fun. I could talk about books all day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'll have to join us for one of our book chats for our Patreons. That's something that we do once a month. We have book chats and share book recs and what we're reading and all that good stuff. That's just fun and part of being in our Patreon. But Harlow, thank you so much for joining us. Um, My Unexpected Vow drops on April uh, 25th. So, um, and it's part of Kindle Unlimited, but honestly, you should just do yourself a favor and buy this one. Go ahead and pre-order it. One click it. It is worth it. So thank you you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So Leah, tell everyone what we have going on on the website. So we have a new feature on the website, uh, once a week we will compile a list of discounted or free books. Um, we'll, we plan to post these by the end of the day on Fridays or Saturday mornings. Um, make sure you check it out. Currently, we have around 60 books that are listed for free, and there's a bunch of 99-cent books there on there as well. Yeah, and if you're an author listening to our podcast and you have a book that is going to be on sale, send us an email. We'll happily mm-hmm. add it in, um, you know, because we're all about expanding the TBR. Right, Carolina? Oh, yes. <laughs> Exploding the TBR is more like it. <laughs> really, if you don't have at least 200 unread books on your Is it really Kindle, a TBR? Is it a TBR? <laughs> Are you, can you really call yourself a bookworm or a <laughs> enthusiastic reader if you don't have like 200 unread books on unread your Kindle? Unread books? I mean, we, on, that's something we should do. We need to do a uh, unread book number. We haven't done that for a while. <laughs> we haven't. I'm pretty sure we know who will win. Uh, <laughs> you guys she has some notice. competition now, though. You will notice, though, whenever we have those conversations, I rarely say what my number is. Like, it's I do true. not divulge that. <laughs> so. Maybe you need to, because we Years need to ago- know now, Becky. Years ago, I used to have a spiral note. I used to have a spiral notebook where I would write, you know, this is pre-computers and everything, you know, late 90s because I'm old. I would write down the name of a book and the author that I had read um, so that when I would go to the library to get books every week, I wouldn't repeat. Um, So... Like it was before Goodreads, um, but I actually came across that notebook the other day when I was cleaning something out. And I'm like, oh, I read a lot, <laughs> like a lot. Yeah. So. Anyway. Um, oh, the other cool thing about that list on our website is it links to our Amazon affiliate. So one of the ways you can help support the podcast is by using our Amazon affiliate link 
And that way, a small kickback from Amazon comes back to help support the podcast because, you know, it does cost money. Um, <laughs> I would also like to take this minute and welcome some new members to our Patreon. Um, the tribe is happy to welcome Callie, Holly, Megan, and Melissa S. Uh, welcome. And we're excited to have you all along. Don't forget, if you want to get in on cool events like Drunk Book Club and Behind the Scenes, uh, fun and book chats, join us over on Patreon. Um, Carolina, do you want to tell everyone about Drunk Book Club coming up in May? You I get to announce to. what we're reading. Ooh. Yeah. Woohoo. Um, so our theme for May Drunk Book Club is romantic suspense, security force, or veteran read that is either part of Kindle Unlimited or free. So we just voted, and the book we are reading for May is Finding the Mark by Brittany Shaheen. It's so actually Finding right. His Mark. I finding, typed it wrong. Oh, <laughs> Finding His Mark. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So that's the best night of the month. We're going to meet, I think it's May 15th, um, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We meet virtually via Google Meet. So if you're interested in being a part of that, you can find out information on our website it's so fun we just had it the other it night and the month of april we get Last two drunk night. book clubs well yeah and then when this episode oh, drops yeah. we'll have had our special drunk book club with lexi blake which we've talked about mm -hmm. a couple of times it's really cool she we're just very gifted. very excited about it we really are yes. she's so fun <laughs> she gifted everybody a copy of the book so that she could come to drunk book club because her books aren't in kindle unlimited so that's pretty awesome uh, Carolina, tell us, what are you reading this weekend? I am reading um, Salvation by Nicole Dykes, which releases on April 22nd. Excellent. Excellent. Leah, what are you reading? I am reading Between the Sheets by Melanie Sean. It is book three of their Southern Comfort series. What okay. about you, Becky? What are you reading? Faker by Gina Azee. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hockey romance shocker right um shocker. and i'm doing some prep because we have her coming up for a happy hour so yeah that is that's in my list i have to i right. i have to go through a couple that i want to read and then i'm gonna well i want to read that one too but this one popped up and i was like "Ooh, a new one <laughs> right um carolina do you have any notable upcoming releases for this week um we have uh, Mind to Guard by Kennedy Mitchell. That's um, April 19th. Um, there's Smolder, the final book in the Burn series by Emma Renshaw on April 20th. April 20th is a big day. It is a big there's day. so many books coming out that next week. Like it's a crowded field. Um, this week felt big, but then I started looking at what's coming out next week and it's huge. Uh, Leah, what notable releases do you have? Um, we have A Reluctant Attraction, which is Handyman Book 3 by Rosanna Leo. Um, Deathly, which is book one of the Dylan Sisters duet with by Bryn Asher. And I, I think it comes out on the 16th but I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember, but it is a duet with Bryn Asher and Layla Frost. And so the first book comes out and then two, I think it's two weeks later the second book comes out and I'm pretty excited for those ones. Um, and then we have My Unexpected Vow by Harlow mm -hmm. James that comes out on the 25th. Uh, Carolina, I think you and I both are reading Just One Night by Carly Phillips and that comes out on the 20th. Uh, Keep Me by Stacey Kennedy. Okay, guys, this is book two in her Phoenix Club series. If you are looking for a sexy, sexy read, I am telling you, read Watch Me, which was book one, and then get your sister ready because <laughs> book two is spicy. Um, and I'm a huge K Stacey Kennedy fan. I adore her. I love her. And she knows how to write a spicy book. Um, and then we have Ember by Shell Bliss. This is a new to me author. She's written a ton of stuff, but I'm just now uh, finding her. She likes hot tattooed men that they're like on her cover. Mm. I'm like, hmm. Mm -hmm. I like her covers. Muscly <laughs> tattoo men. I kind of like that. Um, 
All the Ugly Things by Stacey Lynn comes out on 420. This is book one in the Love and Lies duet. And we are prepping because we're going to do a happy hour with her before book two mm-hmm. in the duet releases. So poor Leah got sucked into reading a duet. But, <laughs> but I can read them back to back. So it's not so bad. It isn't. It's not so bad. Um, and then, of course, Faker by Gina Aziz. And we have her coming up for a happy hour. Um Faker releases on the 21st and the happy hour is on the 22nd live on the YouTube. So. And then tell us what, on our next episode, say, tell us what we're doing next. Um, our next episode, we're going to be chatting with author of Lucy score as we continue through our indie author feature episodes. So right. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm excited too. We're hoping that she's going to bring audio Dan and Mr. Lucy to the episode to talk about mm-hmm. running her book empire, you know, cause she's a total boss lady. Um, but they might be reluctant. But they guests. were on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Reluctant to guess. I was like, just but we told them. her it's fine. We can just hang out with her. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she should get them to do like tequila shots or something before they come on. That'll loosen them up. And that's true. I mean, they do like their bourbon, I think. I don't know about Audio Dan, but Mr. Lucy does, because we know she likes her bourbons, too. So. Right. <laughs> Carolina, thank you for joining us in, um, in our conversation with Harlow and bringing her. Really, you inspired us to read her books because you adore mm-hmm. her so much and recommended and encouraged us to read it. And I'm so glad I did because they're very good stories. So thank you for being a part of our tribe. We You're appreciate welcome. you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> We appreciate you. Um, okay, everyone. Till next time. Um, we're off. All right. right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.